Welcome to a brand new episode of the Soul Blazers podcast. Co-hosts Amanda Ware, our Christmas queen and founder of Hello Holidays, and Dr. Kara Osborne, our multi-venture guru, are ready to sit down and share their stories, insights, and wisdom to inspire aspiring trailblazers like you who are gearing up to start your own business, seeking personal growth, or looking for that spark to set your soul ablaze. So I got interested in this whole like energy of money thing. Um, actually, as we were starting to talk about working together and trying to think about like certainly my own relationship with money, but also how to help other people who feel even stickier about it than I do. And like, I'm not avoidant of the math or the money from a like quantitative aspect doesn't bother me at all. But even if I'm being totally honest, there are parts of the like, am I going to have enough sort of scarcity, anxiety, especially as I'm going through these big shifts and transitions and taking on more and more work without exactly knowing how that's going to pay off. And it's not as that's a big part of entrepreneurship is you have to put all this work in and you don't really see the immediate gratification, right? Like if you're waiting tables and you get like paid out of the tip pool at the end of your shift, that's like right now, right? And there are people who need that and that's their comfort level and they can't even wait for like a weekly pay stub or once a month or whatever. Certainly I've always had like a regular salary job, but as I've started different businesses that sort of ebb and flow and lack lack of predictability, even like the bed and breakfast of not being able to say exactly how many guests we're gonna have from month to month. So the energy of money and being able to talk about money is obviously a critical part of being an entrepreneur. And even though I've started things and you know the things that I've done more recently, and we'll talk more about those things in individual episodes. So, you know, look out for that, but it's a different level of unpredictability. And it's also just mine and Steve's, you know, it's just us. There is no team. There is no investor. It's our money. There's no other, you know, essentially there's nobody to blame, right? You get all the control, but you also have all the responsibility. And, you know, I love the things that we've done and I'm thrilled with them. So just as a minute to catch up, you know, we were, we were starting this discussion of money and we're uh, recording this sitting on a sofa and all of a sudden Amanda got so uncomfortable. She literally stood up and wiggled and started looking for a pillow to put in her lap because that's actually how you feel about money. Like it's physically bothersome for you and you like, as an aggressive, high-energy person, it's like the energy in your body is opposed to discussing money. And here's what I think happens for a lot of women. We have been told at some point in life, often by a man, that we're not good at money or that we're frivolous or we buy things and that essentially we are a risk to the financial safety and security of our households. And that it's better if we just let somebody else do it. And I think it's actually super, super important. My cousin Shelby, who manages the Butcher Rose, the Ben Breakfast that we run, one of the things I told her when she was my nanny, when the kids were really little, the boys were like three and five, 
because I was going through struggles with their dad about money. And it's one of those things that couples should really be able to talk about and talk about with ease because it's essentially the, you know, in the real world support system for how you want to live your life. And you need to be able to make decisions together. And how are you going to do that if you can't talk about it? And anytime one person is doing all of something and one person is doing none of it, there's an imbalance. And that doesn't give you room to both have input, right? And for people who have past trauma or fears around money, controlling every cent is really important. For people who don't maybe have that, it's easy to say, sure, that's important to you. You take it over. But I said to Shelby really early on, if you get married, whatever your situation is, always make at least a little bit of money and always have a bank account that your partner doesn't have access to. Because I'd watched, you know, as a midwife and just in general, I'd watched women around me make decisions that were not in their own best interest because they didn't feel like they had the financial resources to support themselves or that they didn't have a way to make enough money to support themselves. They had to be in this dependent position mm -hmm. where they were depending on their husband or their parents or whomever other than themselves. And as, you know, students who are thinking about being entrepreneurs, you have to get comfortable supporting yourself before you can support a business and employees and other people, right? And when you're jumping into a business and you just kind of think, well, I'm really passionate about the product or I'm really passionate about the service, but I don't want to deal with the money part. Well, okay, but if you're not dealing with the money part, then you're still choosing not to decide is still a decision. Choosing not. Totally you know, choosing not to engage is still playing into a power dynamic. So as we started talking about all this, I randomly ran across this uh, book called Rich as Fuck. And the author is this woman, Amanda Francis. She has a background that's more similar to yours than to mine. She's from Oklahoma. She came out of a very conservative church. She lives out in... Um, like Beverly Hills, somewhere on the West Coast, like L.A., basically. And, you know, it's about the energy of money and sort of the relationship with money. And I have this sort of protective default mechanism of being overly intellectual about things and very data-driven and quantitative. So when I first started the book, I, like, just couldn't resonate at all because it all seemed like... A, like, blonde, churchy girl stuff that I didn't get. And B, like, you know, coming from, like, an energetic, spiritual, woo-woo place that is not how I have typically related to money. And then as I, like, started reading it more and going through the exercises, you know, it really sort of settled in that there are emotional aspects and there are responses in your body, in your interaction with resources. Money is a very obvious version of a resource, but whatever your resources are, whether that's just your 
energy during the day or your friendships or your relationships or whatever. So anyway, if, if anybody's interested, Amanda Francis is a good, good person to like reach out to to help realign how you interact with and like just to get to the bottom of like why do you get so wiggly when it's time to talk about money like what is it that's there that makes you like physically uncomfortable like what is it about it that seems hard because oh this is I feel like we're getting into the dirty stuff real early it feels very vulnerable I'm feeling super vulnerable right now that's why I'm getting antsy I mean I could feel it like my shoulders started to hurt I was like Oh, this is because we're on the, this is my favorite room of the house, whatever. Um, when I read Amanda Francis' book, where I, I was shocked that it was one of your favorite books because she does come at it from this like very, she's sharp as a tack, smart as a whip, but she kind of has that valley girl and she is adorable and easy to stereotype. But man, she, I cried. I remember I told you I was out on a walk, I was on a hike with Boo. And I have a video of it, of my response to the first exercise. It was, I can handle money. I am perfectly capable of handling money. And saying that out loud and, and not being afraid of money. I question, I'm, you know, I, we all are walking question marks, right? We question ourselves, especially people in the hot head triad. If you are six, wait, what is, what's the head triad? Five, six, seven? Mm -hmm. We question and all that. So with money, I've questioned myself. And then I, so I, just, I actually don't question myself. I just go to Chad. <laughs> or growing up, my dad is very, he knows where every penny is. He's very, you know, we very limited on, you know, not, he's, he doesn't limit. He's, you know, generous. But growing up, we knew exactly. you order water. And I'm just not that way. I'm more like, ah, well, more will come. It'll be fine. Like YOLO. It's a good time. So under so now that I have a business and that part is a stressful part of the of the of it. And it is something I'm having to learn and it does hold me back and it does make me feel limited and it does take away my freedom in some aspects. I don't get to do everything I want to do because of money. Yeah. So if I'm coming at it my perception of money through my I'm there are probably every other seven on the Enneagram is probably much better at money than I am, but that's my where I come from is I see money as some, as now I, I look at it as it'll always come back because if I didn't look at it that way, it's going to limit me. And that sounds sad, awful. <laughs> well, I think though you've done a funny, not funny, haha, but you've, you've figured out your own like workaround for that. So instead of calling it a budget, you call it a spending yeah, plan. I do. Right? I, no one's that's allowed to a, use budget around me. That's such a seven thing. It's or, like, I do not mm -hmm. want to believe that I have limits. Mm -mm. We're going to call that a spending plan. We're yeah. going to see it from a positive, not a negative restrictive. It's true. Can we're we just from say that on this podcast and in all business we do, we're just doing spending plans. Only spending Or plans. we're budgeting, I-N-G. Spending, ing. Right. We're, I'm doing. We're doing it. <laughs> it's one thing. Right. But I think for new entrepreneurs and people who are really thinking about starting something, like there's no such thing as enough money when you're starting something. There's never enough money because you're just starting it. And revenue, getting revenue in the door, can smooth out a lot of spending plan issues. Um, but if you can you know, there's no way to like manage the cost down to being in the place you want to be. What you have to do is focus on the money coming in 
And when you get really focused on every single thing that you have to pay for and the money going out, you can totally lose sight of what you need to do to bring money in, bring revenue in. And so, you know, things like even inventory and liquidating inventory, it's like, um, you know, seeing that as like a way to generate revenue, a way to bring mm. money in, regardless of what the margin on that is. Like, it's important to just say like, well, it's not doing me any good sitting on this shelf, right? Sitting on the shelf, it, you might as well have stacks of $100 bills sitting in the garage. Mm. Except for $100 bills, you could at least trade for something else that you want. You know, one too many, you know, green uh, metallic balls that are just sitting there. It's harder to trade your green ball for, you know, a cheeseburger. Like, That's turning true. it back into dollars you is like... You make it sound so easy. <laughs> well, I make it sound easy because that's how I feel about it. And, you know, I think my advice to somebody who's starting something for the first time, and this was not what I did, and I lived through it the hard way, is like, get your head wrapped around your own personal relationship with money and your feelings about it before you jump into a situation where necessarily it's going to be waxing and waning and low times and high times. And like, if you haven't yet wrestled through your own emotional baggage around money and then all of a sudden you're like trying to make payroll and you know, cash flow is the reason most businesses don't make it. So you, you'll you never be able to have so much savings in the bank that you won't have to worry about it. You will always worry about it. There will always be periods of growth. There will always be inflection points in a business. There will always be a place where you have to, like, make the bet. You have to, like, take out debt for the inventory that you want to buy or have a line of credit or and not always know am I for sure going to be able to pay it off? Like those are the realities of what it means to be in business for yourself. And I think that's something that, you know, if I could say, do what I say and not what I did, you know, I wish that I'd spent more time thinking about and working on that before, you know, starting the birth centers years ago. Yeah. I wish when I started, when I started, everything. I wish 20 years ago I would have used, said spending plan instead of budget. I know that sounds crazy, but I think the word budget and then the community I was in, everyone was obsessed with Dave Ramsey. They were obsessed. I mean, Chad and I taught a course on Dave Ramsey. Obviously, he taught it and I was like sitting beside him. And we were doing the Dave Ramsey. I did the envelopes. It was awful. It was one of the lowest points in my life. Like I hated that part. Like feeling like I did not. I think I would have changed the word budget to spending plan. And I think that would have just shifted my mindset to be more open and free about it. And now I'm learning about money, and it is fascinating. It's still I'm a work in progress, and I am willing to be open about that with you. It feels very safe. So I'm excited about what I'm going to look like in a year when we talk about money. Maybe I'll be teaching on money. Yeah, right. I mean, I think in medicine we have this, like, see one, do one, teach one process, right, for procedures and, like, you have to have like seen somebody do it. You have to try it yourself. And then you need, you need to go through that step of explaining it to somebody who's just behind you on the path because that's how you can really like let it settle in for yourself. 
for those of us who are teachers by nature, it's important to like get to a place where you feel like you have something to teach. Not because you're the world's expert, but because you've learned enough for yourself and you know what worked for you and what didn't work for you and you've tried it and implemented it and now you can share with somebody else how that went. Yeah, that's good. We're going to talk a lot more about how we use money and how you and I use money in Hello, with Hello Holidays and in our businesses. And um, I'm excited about having a place to open that up to and talk about what we did do. Um, speaking of money, can we talk about my bow thing? Yes. Okay, this is a breakthrough for me I had this week. Yeah, go okay. ahead. So over the weekend, you know, one of the things Amanda doesn't like about like the money stuff is that it seems like it's very controlled and quantitative and scientific and whatever. And so this weekend there was a situation about um, bows, about making a bow, a 4th of July bow that was going to be sold. And you had a price point that you have been using. And then you went through a process to like like spot check that price point. So yeah. how did that go? Okay, so we have a hell of a, a Christmas, uh, no, 4th of July bow. It's beautiful, huge, uses a ton of ribbon. And I was like, man, we've been selling that for $54.99 for about three years. And I, when I put that price on that custom bow, it's huge. It's this huge, beautiful bow. You put on a wreath, perfect for a wreath. It was, I was like, $54.99, that sounds about right. Like I know how much those rolls of ribbon cost. Not one time did I think I should get a calculator, should I, you know, write it out. Not one time. And I was like, you know what, maybe it's time we start checking the math on that. Because everything, most things when it's just a project, product, it's easy to just be like, okay, you know, we know that price for that. So we cut the, so I had Mac and Emma and Buffy, my team, like do the numbers for me. I'm like, okay guys, y'all do the numbers and let's see if my gut was right. My like shoot from the hip gut was right. Sure enough. The prices, we have not raised the prices on that ribbon in the last three years because um, I bought too much of it. So if the prices, by now, that the cost would be a lot more. So if you're buying, right now, if you're buying 4th of July ribbon at Hello Holidays, you're getting a heck of a deal. And we cut it. Anyway, it ended up being total cost was $40 for the product for the ribbon. Now, to make that bow is hard. And so it's not hard, but our bows, we have people doing them that are the best at making bows and so figuring out how much what's that time worth and it was it ended up that would have been about $15 to do the bow to put the wire on it to ship it to have it in a box where it gets big enough to flow so $54.99 was not far off from what I think a good price for that bow would be and I think we we, we moved it to fifty fifty nine ninety nine. Great. And we sold a zillion. We sold almost all of them we put on the market. That's awesome. I know. Here's the thing about that, right? We often discredit our own instincts. And I, do, I totally believe in working from like a swag or like a gut feel because what, you're, what you don't know is you've been doing it long enough and you've been so immersed in it that you do have this general sense and this sort of gut and it's going to be right most of the time. And it's important to trust that it's going to be right most of the time. And also having the numbers to back it up just helps you. It should help reassure you that you're already right. It shouldn't be like, well, I should have done the math first. Who says you should do the math first? 
that's a way to do it. You could do the math, see where the math comes out and be like, yeah, that sounds about right. Or you can say, I think it should be about this and then double check it with the math. There's neither way is wrong, but I think in this sort of stereotypical male quantitative focused approach to the like accounting first kind of mm -hmm. approach, those of us who come from a more, and I don't mean this like male, female gendered way. I mean like feminine approach of like a um, instinctual approach to things that's been somewhat discredited and it really shouldn't be because it's just as likely to get to the same answer, you just have to develop those skill sets. So your gut is really highly developed. You're like instinct on things. Your eye for what looks good, super highly developed because that is what you have. It's like any other muscle group. That's what you've exercised all these years. True. Your calculator skills are not as fast or as good because you haven't exercised those skills. So you gotta give yourself a little bit of leeway it's not that you're not good at it it's that you haven't practiced it hasn't haven't practiced and it didn't look fun it didn't look feel good and i think that's what when you talk about legos well now we're playing a game that's right and so if you so hey for all the men listening if you are married to a woman that is a seven on the enneagram and you come at her with a spending plan she gonna be a part of that like that's <laughs> one we've learned that Two is making it a game, like saying, if I get this, I can get this. And you, that's one thing that I love being business partners with you because you're, you're able to do that for me. And then also you don't shame me for not having those instincts. Men, I do feel like respect people who know the numbers, like they like that. Or even business people, since I'm not from the business world and I'm moving in it, business people are not taking people seriously who don't know the numbers. And that's why I have an insecurity of like, let me just not talk about it. It's just learning a new language, right? It's not different than any other new language. You just have to take the time. And, you know, when we get to be middle-aged adults, we're not used to being beginners. Like in Buddhism, it's a thing to cultivate the beginner's mind, to be willing to be a beginner. Like when I learned to fly, so much of that exercise for me was starting totally from scratch, starting from complete novice beginner I knew nothing. I'd been an expert in my field for years and years, and I felt and I, at a pretty young age, and I felt like it was so important to start truly as a like brand new beginner. And it's something that I'm so proud of both my kids for doing because they both picked up new um, varsity level sports in high school, which in Arkansas is not done. Like if you haven't been playing since you were four or five, you're not going to get a shot to play and they both were willing to be the worst one on the team and be brand new and they both got pretty good pretty fast but you know one of them in lacrosse and one of them in regular old American football and like that is actually a really kind of scary place of vulnerability to say like everybody else is going to be better at this than me but to not di get discouraged and to like, you know, mess it up a bunch of times. And like, for me, that was a thing for sure about getting more confident about sort of the ever shifting sands of money in our little businesses is, um, you know, understanding that I could 
have a down week or make a mistake or forget to pay something or have to pay something late or whatever, and it wouldn't be the end of the world. It wouldn't be complete catastrophe if I made a mistake. Like, I have just enough of the, you know, perfectionist's uh, instinct that, like, my fear always had been, like, well, if I do this wrong or don't get money moved fast enough or whatever, it'll be, like, disaster. Mm-hmm. It's like, actually, you just move it the next day. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. We do get scared easily. And then in our focus, it almost is like, it's hard to make clear decisions when you get in that fear mentality. And money just sparks fear. I see it, I think, just seeing the money spark fear in so many people, just the way they talk about it, just by like, I never thought, yeah, I could talk about that forever. We will talk about money and how that works and how to make it a game. This is exciting. Yeah. This is exciting. Well, and as as we really gear up into Hello Holiday season, we can kind of talk about the numbers and get used to talking about the numbers and like, you know, what did we sell? What's the sales report look like this week? And how's that going? <laughs> Where's that pillow? <laughs> You'll get more used to it the more you Sweating. do it. Yeah. All come right. back outside. All right. We've hit Amanda's upper limit. Yeah, on the we have. Thing. We'll okay, come I'm... back to that later. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Soul Blazers podcast. Kara and Amanda, your soul blazing big sisters, are just laying the foundation for all of the amazing things to come. If you want to stay up to date on new episodes, be notified of any discounts, or get a glimpse of what we are working on behind the scenes, go to soulblazers.com and subscribe to our newsletter. Until next time, Soul Blazers.